Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Welcome to worship, friends, on this fifth Sunday after Epiphany. It's my prayer that at least sometime during our service today, you will have an epiphany, at least one with a lower case E, as you come to a new spiritual understanding or greater knowledge of the things of God during our worship together. Well, since she was 16, my daughter has worked in restaurants as a waitress, and then a lead server, and then a number of years back as a restaurant manager in a fine dining restaurant in a retirement community. She went on to get a degree in hospitality management from NAU, and now she manages a golf club restaurant. And I've enjoyed her stories over the years. Anyone who has ever waited on tables or been in the restaurant business knows what hard work it is. People can be very demanding, if not downright unreasonable. Unpleasant things happen that servers must deal with. People uh, choke on their food, they spill things, they blow their noses into the fine cloth napkins. Sometimes diners take their dentures out, leave them on the table, and forget all about them until they get home and, and then call the restaurant later in a panic because dentures are so expensive, you know. Well, that once happened to my daughter. The dentures were nowhere to be found, so the staff assumed that they had been rolled up and thrown out with the items bust from the table where the woman had been sitting. And sympathetic to the poor woman's plight, my daughter went out back to the garbage bin and proceeded to go through its contents. She sat on the ground, and she rolled up her sleeves and with rubber gloves picked through the scraps of food and other garbage until she found them. And this made her the darling of the woman who had lost her dentures and earned her a special award and certificate from the retirement community for above and beyond service. And for years, she displayed this certificate proudly in her room, waiting and serving. The, the Bible is full of stories and exhortations to wait and serve. And when we hear the word wait, we're pretty much preconditioned to think of abiding, hanging around in a state of uncertainty and maybe boredom, waiting for a game to begin, waiting for a plane, waiting for the waiter to bring our food, amusing ourselves in the meantime by playing on our smartphones. And when our reader today so beautifully read that famous and inspiring verse of the Isaiah passage a few moments ago, did, did you hear, actually you heard the word hope, those who hope in the Lord. Other translations also use the word wait, like but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They should run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And when we hear that, do we hear it as hanging around in uncertainty, 
in oppression and maybe even boredom? Do you hear it as we often do, just kind of passively waiting and waiting for an answer to prayer that is so long coming? Well, that's the intuitive way to hear the verse. The Israelites in Isaiah's scripture were waiting in captivity. Isaiah was assuring them that their God was all-powerful and that God would restore them. But what if we heard the word wait or even hope in a more active sense? What if we were truly waiters, servers for the Lord? You know, waiters and waitresses who serve meals to the homeless and bus tables and humbly launder snotty napkins and roll up our sleeves and pick through the garbage to find someone's dentures and make their day. Well, that verse and many others in our Bible point to a certain value in waiting and hoping, however you are apt to understand the meaning of the word. So maybe you are the one always serving, running here and there, dumpster diving for lost items, caring for others, earning badges, and improving your communities. You're the proverbial Martha in Scripture who is busy fussing and clucking over the meal preparation and the service. But Jesus calls for balance, and he approves of the choice of Mary, who sits at his feet to hear his words. Sometimes God calls us in, as revealed in some of the other words of our, our Isaiah passage this morning, to wait, to hope, to stop and be still, to stop running, and to start meditating so we can get to know God more fully. We can do this if we get off our smartphones for a minute and start listening so that we can hear. Have you not known, the prophet asks, have you not heard? Well, we can't hear if we're not listening. Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. But Simon, the one we come to know as Peter, had a mother-in-law who was weary. Mark's gospel tell us she was at home, she was sick in bed with a fever. And I think it was probably serious, or the newly called disciples would not have told Jesus about her at once, as it says in our reading from Mark. This event, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, happens in the first chapter of Mark, on the heels of Jesus' baptism, followed by the calling of his disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and right after his teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum, where he delivered a man from an unclean spirit, which I talked about last week. That deliverance heralded the spread of Jesus' fame through Galilee, and it brings us right up to the healing event at hand. So the text says that he came, and he took her by the hand, and he lifted her up. You see what was involved in her healing? 
He came. He was present for her and the family. He responded. Think about how meaningful it is when someone comes to us when we are sick, how someone's very presence can be so comforting. When my mom was dying of cancer, she took great comfort in my aunt, who day after day sat in a rocking chair at her bedside and quietly knitted. See, many of us want to avoid illness and those who are ill. There are unpleasant odors and sometimes despair, and we want to be happy, not around despair. And sometimes we run from unpleasantness, thinking dirty dentures are best left in the dumpster or for someone else to fish out. Yet we are called to emulate Jesus and get into the muck of life with people, offering our presence and our service. Now, also involved in her healing was that Jesus took her by the hand. Oh, what power there is in human touch. He touched her, even though she might have been full of germs and, contag and even contagions. You know, my, my best friend from my seminary days is a cancer, uh, thyroid cancer survivor, and her treatment involved quantities of radiation that caused her to be radioactive for a time and necessitated an isolation room in the hospital until the radiation degraded and left her system. And she was so lonely during that wait. And one night, a nurse came closer than any of the others dared or were supposed to. She touched her hand and chatted and helped my friend pass the long, lonely hours. And my friend said that this personal and sacrificial act literally saved her from despair and restored her to hope. Well, next the text says that Jesus lifted Simon's mother-in-law up. And this is code language for resurrection, which is by God's mighty power. It's what Isaiah describes in our Old Testament text, giving power to the faint and strengthening the powerless. Jesus lifts her up, but her healing is not an end in and of itself. Jesus heals her for a greater purpose. Mark next tells us that the fever left her, and she began to serve them. And that's the key to the whole scripture. She's healed for a purpose, healed to serve. The Greek, the Greek term here for serve is the term used for a deacon, diakonos. The word means in its most literal sense, waiting on tables, yet so much more. Peter's mother-in-law ministers to these men out of love, just as the angels had recently ministered to Jesus during his time in the desert, not too long before this event and just after his baptism. Well, the same Greek word is used in both passages. Jesus has gone to Simon's mother-in-law in her disease, touched her, lifted her up, and healed her. In gratitude for his taking hold of her life and giving her life to do his work, she responds wholeheartedly. 
She is set free to free like so many others who experience healing at Jesus' touch. She's restored to community, and she responds by restoring others to community. Sickness no longer isolates her. It no longer keeps her from doing those things in her heart that she wanted to do. Now here's the epilogue. Peter's mother-in-law is described in language that makes her the first deacon in Christianity. She was the first person to have her ordinary duties of hospitality and service transformed into ministry. Peter's house, run by his mother-in-law, becomes a household of God, a church, a gathering of those in need of healing and forgiveness. We're told people pressed up against the doorway to this house, all searching for Jesus. You see, they're, they're searching for salvation, which is best translated as wholeness. Wholeness is not about physical or mental perfection, but it's about connection to human community. When you read stories about the leopards, the lepers being declared clean, this is about isolated people being able to re-enter community, to be engaged again in work, in family, in worship, and in life. When a demonized person was delivered, he or she was set free to fully connect with others. See, these gospel stories are not ones of magic. They're stories of human community being healed from the brokenness that sickness and disease and mental illness can bring. People are healed so that they too can become loving waiters and servers, willing to dive into dumpsters and the other muck of life and retrieve a slimy pair of dentures if need be. Simple acts like this can give people the confidence to go back into their communities again and quite literally give them back their smiles. Such good works go on to transform the world into God's kingdom. And remember, there are also times of waiting, as in lingering and abiding in hope. There are these times in life, too. We're not always called to be running around. Notice that Jesus recharges in the deserted places where he goes to pray. In fact, he does this after healing Peter's mother-in-law and the many who came that evening, sick and possessed with demons, pressing on the door of that home. You see, there's a healthy balance in life, and we sometimes get still and, and use our ears to hear from God, too. Those times recharge us for service. That's why all of us need to get a time away, me included. So may the healings that we have experienced in life free us to respond in love to others who need healing too. We're all deacons, table waiters and servers, and so much more for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. 
Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.